It's so. off to the lonely mountain we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Fighting Monster Rights. I'm your bearded host, Adam. I'm your unbearded host. Wait, Adam, do- did you grow your beard back? It did. It came back. Just in time. Ugh. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm your unbearded, uh, permanently host, Allie. And uh, this week, we're knocking on dwarves, excavating a fantasy monoculture. Ah, down here in the mines, they'll never find my dwarven cereal. (laughs) Rich veins Uh, of sugary taste, spit roast cinnamon in every bite, overflowing grails of cow juice to satisfy my dwarven urges. Now to take a bite for myself. Ah. That was Allie's impression of every dwarf ever. <laughs> sure. Yes, and. Okay. <laughs> yep. Nope. Don't play the kid, Adam. That's fine. Leave me fucking hanging. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know where to jump in. I'll be honest. You were the kid. All right, whatever. Uh, dwarves. Mm-hmm. They're, uh... They're mean, and they're nasty, and they get everywhere. True. True facts. Well, they get into all kinds of different fantasy sources. Uh, Pretty much any post-Tolkien high fantasy novel, or any kind of genre of fantasy novel, is probably going to feature some kind of a dwarf. Uh, You you get dirty in the mines, you you dig for gold, you build build civilizations in the mountains and the hills, and uh, that's that's the big... That's the big stuff. They they love stones and knock it on them and learning things. They write in runes, and they like gems. Uh, the key characteristics of dwarves include... Let's run them down. Okay. Long beards. Yes. Sometimes. Even the women sometimes. Yes. Yes. Uh, they love jewels and metal craft. Mm-hmm. The craftsmen. They live underground. No swords. Sometimes swords. Mostly axes and hammers, though. Yeah, they like uh, things that break and, and cut. Things that break and things that break them. They like uh, they like gems. They like metal. They uh, they they hate orcs. And they're not too fond of elves, but they're not mean about it. No, they're kind of uh, they're grumpy little <laughs> isolationists sometimes down in those mines. They don't have a lot of exposure to the outside world and the other races. They often have a bit of a uh, they have a Scottish sort of accent or a uh, or a. Uh, Jewish kind of language or uh, Norse kind of names. Yeah, they come from stuff from like the cold countries is what I would call it. Yeah, they also uh, they are they they drink. Oh, drinking folks. A dwarf could drink you under the table. Uh, A dwarf (laughs) and where you might not appreciate how nice the table is because you because you're not a dwarf. Dwarves are craftsmen. I, I, I think uh, they, they like metal and, and jewels, but I think uh, if, if one of them was a woodworker, they would be like very into the details of it. Dwarves live a long time. They live in their family groups, they, in their clans. Mm-hmm. Very big into clans, these dwarves are. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Tradition and all that. Uh, honor. Yes. Building huge things, normally underground. Big, so, so, big, empty halls. They like. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that in addition to uh, to crafts, they often appreciate the natural world, but like the natural world that like humans and elves don't really care about. Mm. Like the kind of dirty underside of the a rock would be far more interesting to them than a really, really nice tree. Yeah, yeah, but I do think they uh, they more so than the elves. They see the world as like resources to exploit. Uh, Correct. Mm- Minecraft, kinda. Yes, they mine and they craft. Very Minecrafty, these dwarves. I mean, well, Minecraft is kind of a descendant conceptually of Dwarven Fortress, which is a game where you literally do that. I believe I haven't really, I, I, don't, I don't really know that much about that game. Well, that, uh, the creator is a literal uh, dwarf. 
uh, in terms of like actual stature or in terms of just like his attitude. <laughs> he's, he's like kind of short in height, bald and bearded. <laughs> Wears a fedora. Uh, we don't need to talk about him. Uh, I don't know anything about uh, this character that you've uh, that you've concocted. I just know about the true creator of Minecraft, Hatsune Miku. So, uh, let's talk about why we're doing this episode, and that is that dwarves are so goddamn boring. <laughs> they're uh, they're an absolute snore. Yeah, they should call them snorbs. So, <laughs> I've played a lot of different characters in D&D. I got the player's handbook right here. I've done an elf or two. I've, I've done a lot of half-elves. I've done some humans. Uh, I haven't done enough tieflings, really. Um, nor enough, like, reptilian kind of folks. I really want to do one of them. But I've done very little in the way of short folks, and uh, I'm counting dwarves among that group. Not really not really into dwarves, and I feel like I want to break down why that is, precisely, by the end of this. I, yeah, and I think that might be the case for a lot of people. There's an appreciation for dwarves, I think, in definitely the kind of more Gen Z circles, uh, when it comes to fantasy classes, races, and stuff like that. But oftentimes, uh, playing games with, like, modern people that are very dwarf-like in appearance... It's it's a no wonder that in like a power fantasy they choose to be kind of uh, skinny sexy beings, mm. or or just plain old fucking dragon lizards. We do run into a number of D and D players that are kind of uh, that are kind of a uh, a mesomorph or a uh, with a with a with a beard and with glasses that uh, that kind of <laughs> on the stouter end, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's the what's the kind of uh, what's the what's all the morphs? There's like a, there's ectomorph, which is what I think I am, uh, and there's mesomorph and there's endomorph. I'm not sure, but I, I know the morph that's like a two faced bitch. That's uh, that's that's Gemini. <laughs> oh yes, that's my morph. There we go. Okay, so yeah, ectomorph, mesomorph, and endomorph. Endomorphic. That's what the dwarves are. Oh, this is an interesting thought that I uh, had thought of. So the elves in high fantasy things are like thin and graceful and often like very lacking in body hair and so they are like thought to be beautiful and singers and so they are uh so like male elves are always called androgynous is the joke there yes dwarven women often have beards and like hard drinking just the same as anyone else and they're like they're very hardy and rough and just as likely to be like physically gifted in terms of strength as any uh, male dwarf. Correct. So it's not that the elves are androgynous. Humans are the androgynous ones. Like elves and dwarves are looking at us and they're like, well, like half of them are like dwarves and half of them are like elves. What's up with this? Yeah. yeah. Pick a lane. Why don't you? Yeah. <laughs> like what? You're, you're hairy and, uh, and like lanky. No. Come on now. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, there's two genders. Which one are you? Go. <laughs> Harry and Lanky. I, I think I got to pick Lanky. I've been Lanky long before I was Harry. <laughs> <laughs> pun, in pun intended. You? Uh, I think I got to go. I got to go uh, elf. I've actually never been. Uh, even even before anything, I was never very hairy as a person. And I am pretty, uh, pretty like, not as lanky as you are, but I definitely have a more of an ectomorphic kind of shape. Yeah. Uh, by ectomorphic, you mean uh, it's a body fat thing, right? Yeah. Well, if you look at the, uh, if you just Google uh, mesomorph, or uh, you'll see, you'll see what I mean, what the difference is. I think I determined in like uh, high school health class that I was an ectomorph because Michael Phelps was an ectomorph, and I'm very good at swimming. Oh, there you go. Uh, yes. No, I see what you're saying. That that's your. <laughs> it's the the Abe Sapien body type is an ectomorph. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and an endomorph is more of the Hellboy. I don't know why I defaulted to this. <laughs> I haven't seen a Hellboy movie in like two years. I've not seen this movie ever. Yeah, so uh, dwarves, they're boring. We want to... Yeah, we're already not talking about them. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're doing everything in our power to avoid. Yeah. yeah because I, they're an easy nut to crack. Like, <laughs> And I think that's why most people aren't intrigued by them. They're like... Okay, I think all, like, dwarf stories have been told before. All of these, like, modern kind of dwarves that are all the same, they can all trace their origins back to Tolkien. Tolkien gets them from 
Um, well, there's a list of, uh, of dwarves in uh, one of the old Nordic texts that has a lot of the names that Tolkien ended up using just wholesale. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that Tolkien uh, used a lot of uh, information from like the Brothers Grimm for some of his uh, for some of his characters. Oh, for sure. And, uh, you know, a, a kind of a short, hairy race wasn't uncommon in uh, a lot of uh, folklore and, and fairy tales. No, well, uh, entities like uh, Rumpelstiltskin or uh, the Seven Dwarves of Snow White fame. Correct. They were very, uh, those are... Uh, spunky, lacy, uh, scary, baby, ginger, posh, and sporty, right? Um... <laughs> <laughs> No, no, Adam. It's it's uh it's it's uh Ringo Lust okay. Um Endomorph <laughs> Oklahoma Cumulonimbus Red and Seven. This is fucking stupid. This is <laughs> That's a joke about sets of things. All right, you did it better. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut out this whole thing, or maybe just leave my failure in there. Uh, there are seven genders. Which one are you? I choose Oklahoma. I I choose I choose uh, I choose lust. Obviously, obviously, I choose lust. <laughs> right. So uh, uh, we're we're talking Tolkien. You know, there's dwarves in Tolkien. He does the modern dwarf thing we were talking about, and. Much like the elves uh, that we talked about last Christmas, uh, the dwarves of the German fairy tales compiled by the Brothers Grimm, which we've officially retired all Brothers Grimm jokes. So let's let's move let's move on from that. I think we burned out on that one. Yep, uh, I have no sounds to make. Nope, nope, not gonna do it. Just, <laughs> no, not, just not even. Nope, not don't want to do it. Don't want to do it really bad. Nope. Yeah, they, they've got many different names in Tolkien mythos. Uh, they're they're Durin's folk, as they're often called, named after the, the king of the dwarves. Kind of the OG badass of them. Hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to work we go. <laughs> you, for what it's worth, you held it in far longer than I expected. Uh, oh god, it's so hard, because I feel so bad about it. In general, just... Anyway. Yeah, they're the Ganarim, the Master of Stones. Yes. Now, they go back to uh, the Poetic Edda and the Prose Edda from Norse mythology. Mm -hmm. And uh, those dwarves were, like, there's a lot of interesting things about them, like some of the little details that don't get in there. Yes, they tend to live underground. Yes, they tend to be associated with metalsmithing and mining. Uh, but they're also described as being similar to maggots that fester in the flesh of the primordial uh, seminal giant Ymir huh. before being gifted with reason by the gods. So the dwarves were just maggots growing around in a giant corpse, and then the gods were like, I'm going to give you the gift of Ciro's kindness and turn these slugs into something worthwhile. <laughs> Click. Set, <laughs> yep. set smart to yes. <laughs> uh, that they grew one foot taller. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh and just just kept kept living their lifestyle crawling around <laughs> making little holes in the ground yeah so uh dwarves have a lot of different roles they are uh they create mead they create poetry they create important artifacts and magical qualities they're also just uh, sometimes really horny so, uh, they do have some sw- sweet acapella skills oh yeah for sure for sure. Yeah, th- th- those are the sounds for for this episode. I like how we've been distilling every episode down to like a single, like consonant sounds. <laughs> this one is sugar. Oh, honey, honey. That's the song. That's the uh, the song that plays over the uh, the dwarf cereal commercial that you didn't let me get to fucking finish. <laughs> Sorry, please. No. Uh, so the uh, the doorways. Oh, oh, my friends know the lowrider. Oh, my friend know the lowrider. 
Rider. That, yeah. <laughs> we released last week's episode on 420, and we just didn't do any jokes about it. Sorry, gang. <laughs> I didn't. I, I thought it was going up that Tuesday, and I just decided not to. <laughs> we were already lo- loaded with Easter, you know? Yeah, true. It, you know what? No, it's no, all no. order. We picked a rabbit-themed monster that sounded like hookah. That's close enough, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We'll call it the Arpuka Hookah special. Put that in the description. Yo, sick. I'm into it. Okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, uh, another other things about dwarves. Uh, in the earliest Norse sources, there is no mention of them being short. <laughs> they were just regular guys that have shrunk over time. <laughs> they were just regular guys. But uh, in the legendary sagas, they are small and unusually ugly. So, mm. uh, a scholar by the name of Anatoly Lieberman suggests that dwarves may have originally been thought of as less su- lesser supernatural beings, which became literal smallness after Christianization. So they took the word lesser and called them uh, shorter. Yeah, they were like, uh-oh, it's Christianity. It was just like, whoa, check out these cool f- tiny folk. Christianity. No, Christianity. You got it wrong. They just have lesser powers. You, you should be ashamed. Uh, uh, shame? I'm ashamed all the time. Christianity, why did, you make, uh, why did you make the dwarves small? What was the point of that? Well, you know what they say. People, they're the right size. They're made in God's image. And these fuckers, I don't know who made them. Maggot men? Question. How tall is God, then? Oh, whoa, it looks like I'm catching the wave out of here. Wait, wait, come back. Ah, oh, damn it. All you got to do is hit Christianity with one of those theological <laughs> mysteries. Like, how does the Trinity work? Like, why did Jesus dying fix everything? Uh, how tall is God? And then he just leaves. Yeah, it's a, it's a quick one. I'm yeah. catching the slopes. But, 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 but who, who can lift the slopes? <laughs> Could God create a slope so gnarly even he could not carve it? <laughs> could, could God hit some powder so rad? Dwarves. Right. <laughs> well, we keep getting distracted because of, of how uh, stoned all these these beings are. Yeah, we're talking um, about... I'm sick of it. More dwarf facts. There's an Anglo-Saxon charm called Wythdor, uh, pronounced that wrong, called Against a Dwarf, which appears to relate to sleep disturbances. So uh, that means that uh, dwarves might be related to uh, sleep paralysis demons and, and nightmares and stuff. Huh. I wonder if the, there's any connection between dwarves and like the uh, the man with a hat or whatever that, that asshole is. That's <laughs> uh, another sleep paralysis demon. But like the mare in, uh, in this mythology is often like thought of as a being that sits on your chest and prevents you from moving. Just like imagine, like just like waking up from like uh, from like REM sleep, and there's just like full plate armor, like Gimli sitting on your chest, like no, you cannot move, cousin. <laughs> I, I. This is the only place where I can hide from my sugary cereal sneakers beans. Fuck, this is the only place I can hide where they don't, where they won't take my shit. Can I start over? Wait. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, take it from the top. I'm not going anywhere. Clearly. This is my this fuck god. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, I uh this is the first episode in uh a very long while where I decided to pour myself a a glass of uh a glass of alcohol to go along with it because I felt uh, I felt not right doing it uh for anything but the but the dwarves. So, so uh, yes, I also had a I'm a can deep myself. Ale. Bitch. Hey. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, I guess there's more interesting takes on ale nowadays when it comes to your IPAs and hops and stuff like that. I think dwarves might have a few more <laughs> characteristics in a modern setting. Oh, yeah. Uh, hipster dwarves. Ooh. Motorcycle dwarves. <laughs> yeah. Just just putting... <laughs> I think it's very fun to put dwarves in different outfits mm. and then just have them have a different career. Very... A very uh, monster rehab of us. Yeah. So dwarves... Like a, a twenty a twenties gangster uh, gear on a dwarf is very fun. Let me list some more dwarf powers. Oh, please. Superhuman strength. 
either by nature or through magical means. We saw that in the Rumpelstiltskin episode where he tore himself in half. You can't do that unless you're super strong. No, you can't. Many dwarves can make themselves invisible, typically via a tarnkype or a cloak of invisibility, which seems to be an ancient attribute of dwarves. They possess other magical objects and often appear as smiths. They live inside the hollows of mountains, although in some cases they may live above the ground. Depending on the story, they may be hostile or friendly to humans. Male dwarves are often portrayed as lusting after human women. In contrast, female dwarves seek to possess the male hero in the legends. You know, the legends. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> the, the nondescript uh, IP adjacent legends. Oh, you're so thin and hairless. <laughs> you look like my brother, but taller and more... <laughs> Ectomorphic. I seek to possess the ectomorph. (laughs) Come into my cave. That's very direct. (laughs) Subtlety is not one of our arts. What voice am I? This is... (laughs) You're doing Cactuar from Cactuar and Tomberry. (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah, you're the best dwarf I know. (laughs) Oh, come on, come on. Come on, I, I, I thought I had a good thing going. Cactor, I'm not getting in the car. Oh, come on, just get in the pinto. <laughs> you're, you're, you're drink. I'm almost out of, I'm almost out of, uh, out of, uh, m- m- apple brandy? It's apple brandy, I believe. Please provide some more, the, the following dwarf powers. Well, that's about it for dwarf powers that I got. Oh, great. But I did then... want to share one particular thing, uh, that mm-hmm. came from, uh, that came from, uh, D&D, the Dwergar. Ah, uh, the Dwarves of the Underdark. Yes, now there are two sub-races of dwarves in the player's handbook, the Mountain Dwarves and the Hill Dwarves. And the difference between those is, um... <laughs> shit, fuck, 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 shit, fuck, 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 shit, shit. Oh, oh, fuck, well, well, hold on, I don't... I don't it's like a rock remember. type and a ground type in Pokemon. I don't remember, I don't remember. It's like, why did we make these separate types? Ah, here we go. Two main sub-races of dwarves populate the worlds of D&D, hill dwarves and mountain dwarves. Choose one of these sub-races. Okay, that's it. That's it. That's all That's all the information that they have about these two things. They're not different. One of them lives in the hills and the other lives in the mountains, I suppose. But the Dwergar live in the Underdark. Yes. Uh, kind of like a uh, an underground civilization where all kinds of baddies and monsters live. Yes, they are the third kind of dwarf. Uh, they are in the Monster Manual, not the Player's Handbook, although I do believe there is uh, the means to play them in... Uh, Volos? It's either Volos or Morningkainen's. Uh, let me quick check Morningkainen's really quick. It's in Morningkainen's. Okay. So... Uh, the Dwergar do have, uh, do have, you can play as one, but they were originally conceived of as monsters rather than player characters, and that gives them the right to be a little more powerful, and some of these, uh, little attributes that they gave them do actually reflect real dwarven mythology better than the actual dwarves, and I think the traditional mountain and hill dwarves of D&D are a better fit for the, like, generic fantasy dwarves. And the Dwergar have a little bit of extra spice on them. So maybe looking at them, uh, these like dark, you know, dwarves that live under in the Underdark and are slavers and former slaves themselves and the mind flayers and stuff. Uh, we don't have to put that in there, but they can enlarge themselves. Yes, they can, they can grow like kind of in a, cl- in a size category it can go from medium to large size double its damage dice on strength based weapon attacks and make strength checks and strength saving throws with advantage uh, <laughs> if the dwergar lacks the room to become large it attains the maximum size possible in the space available <laughs> now now i question that does that mean like he just like hits his head on the ceiling then <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> what if he does this right underneath the stalactite oh no <laughs> Well, I suppose he stops there. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Uh, They also have the ability to become invisible uh, after once per short rest. 
So this is kind of goes that invisibility cloak feature that from mythology, mm-hmm. but instead it's naturally occurring, kind of like um, <laughs> I can't believe I, I'm going to say this, kind of like Tobey Maguire, a Spider Man having natural powers. Yeah, sure. Yeah. They also have uh, they also have sunlight sensitivity, which uh, there are interpretations where the dwarves uh, have a a bit of an aversion to sunlight. Uh, including one where a, a male dwarf lusts after a woman, uh, and she keeps him up all night talking, and then he turns into stone <laughs> with the sunlight, like how trolls do. Which, y'all, do you think like vampires and like dwarves and stuff, they hear these songs and they're singing along or whatever, and then they get to the part where it's like all night long, and it's like, oh, fucking humans. Fucking, god damn it. Not, not, you know we can't do that. You're just making fun of us now. It's not funny. Yeah. I I think there's a, there's a fun culture of vampires and monsters like that weaving in pieces into the lore about, like, stupid abilities that they have. Mm. <laughs> to, to, like, kind of fuck with humans. I think that's where, like, the counting rice shit comes from. Oh, yeah. You think vampires... <laughs> it's like, oh... Oh yes, we have to we have to count every grain. Sing that all night, will you? The vampire version is just like uh, Yes, you shook me for reasonable time. Uh the last feature of the Dwergar is that they have superior dark vision. Oh yeah. Right. Well, they are I living like... underground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 120 feet instead of 60 feet. And uh, which I get that, you know, they're more, more molish in that sense. Well, I mean, I don't know. Dark vision doesn't really exist in real life, you know? I, I, what about that thing with the pirates and the eye patch? <laughs> All right, well, fuck, you got me there. Um, <laughs> That's kind of a dark vision. It's like animals that evolve to live underground don't evolve the ability to see in the dark. They just kind of give up on seeing and go for, like, other senses. I see what you're saying. They more, like, sense vibrations and sounds are more attuned to. That's why, you know, certain creatures, their eyes just don't work in no more. Yeah, it's not that my eyes aren't good enough. It's that there is no damn light. Like, I could have, yeah. like, the shiniest, sharpest teeth in the world, and if there's no, like, Jex Mix around, like, what's the point of eating anything? I might as well just die. Or, like, start eating through my nose or something. So if, uh, if dark vision was the thing in the game, they'd have, like, advantage on perception using, like, non-visual sensors or something, I'd guess. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. Using the beard, like, whiskers to feel around in the dark. Ooh, I kind of like that. Well, they, it's it's often great in size above them. It's it's very long. They got long hair behind them, long beard in front of them. So, yeah, no, I could see that helping to kind of navigate through tight corners and, and know when a, a, a wall is nearby. I think the beard should work like it should be prehensile. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you should be able to like grab stuff with it. <laughs> It should, uh, it should, like, kind of sting out like a uh, cuttlefish tongue. Yes. Yeah, ooh, ooh, like, yeah, that's good. Like a punch. Yeah, it, Just like a natural weapon. It's a, it's a weapon. natural weapon, yeah, it's a beard punch. <laughs> We're already making dwarves so much better. I would play this dwarf already. Um, one idea that I had a while ago for making dwarves better was making them more earthy. Hmm. You know, not quite to the extent of, like, an earth genasi, but just kind of, like, making it so that little, like, grains of dirt form in their hair, or, like, little, like, flecks of gold, maybe. Ooh. Uh, yeah, like, they're almost... I can imagine one with, like, cracked skin. Almost, and you see, like, uh, something pulsing underneath. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm thinking this, like, full Warforged, but the if they were, like, say, made from clay in, like, a few proto-generations before, like, a, a human race in a mythology... Mm. Oh, that's it, cool. Like almost a, hom- a homunculus or a golem thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I'm thinking about how, you know, how we have still like di- uh, dinosaurs among us in the shapes of like alligators that just kind of s- kept to that that evolutionary path. Well, like, like a living that, fossil. A living fossil. Yeah. So where 
were flesh formed on other people. Instead, it's real more clay like on them. Hmm. Like a dirty Pinocchio. Right. And uh, you can you can definitely <laughs> alter their features in some ways. Similarly, maybe maybe the big bulbous nose is part of it, and they have like smaller eyes because they don't use them as much. Pretty sure my dad had Dirty Pinocchio on VHS somewhere, and I wasn't allowed to watch it as a kid. <laughs> I, 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 uh, what? Do you have any other uh, dwarf features that might be improved upon? Hmm. Because I've got a couple ideas. Okay, well, yeah. Why don't we? Why don't you fire fire it off? I want to know more about how we're going to make these dwarves better. Less of a monoculture. Less of a monoculture. That's our pitch. Let's talk about and, diversi- uh, diversity as well. Yes, and I think the best way to explore that is by looking at dwarves across a map across the map. Mm-hmm. Uh, the material plane in D anD D or Middle Earth, I guess, isn't a like a de- a planet in Star Wars. No. It, it's there's not like one biome across it. There's multiple ones. So it's weird that dwarves are always found in just mountains and hills. I think a great multiplier for Ooh. dwarves is that their caves could be located anywhere. And dwarves in different caves could lead to different types of dwarves. Okay, yeah. So what are the different kinds of caves? Let's see. If we head up north, we were talking about how, like, there's a lot of Nordic and inspiration and stuff like that. Uh, tundra dwarves. Ooh. Dwarves from frosty lands uh, might be more inclined to live outside of their cave because of their history of, of hair. Hmm. Oh, okay. Suddenly furs and stuff like that might not impede them. And uh, if, especially in the, like, kind of winter season... So, well, we have to be careful about this, because there's some parts of, uh, it depends on how your solar system's made, I guess. <laughs> some northern areas ha- see the sun a lot more often than others. Hmm. Uh, but if you have, like, super dark regions, then, yeah, no, they might as well be outside, because it's no different than being underground. You could evolve, like, to be so hairy that you just become, like, a, a woodwoes or, like, an ape-man kind of thing. And then the dwarves are just big feet. Yeah, uh, they're uh, pint-sized big feet. Small feet. Orang pendex. Mm-hmm. And bringing their... Uh, I, I mean, in a D&D world, that'd be pretty uh, awesome traveling up north and you see these giant dwarven structures on the outer world instead. Yeah. Uh, as you walk past, like, the frozen mists and stuff like that. You know what? I bet it's like the I bet it's like the ice hotels in like in like Switzerland oh. or whatever and like they have Yes, I've seen though. It's it's really cool. Every every aspect of the place is made from ice, like the beds and the sculptures and But they make them from ice, so they got to rebuild them every season, and that's why the dwarves are always working. Hmm. Cuz there's not much to work with up there. Yeah. Turning ice into like the stonework of the north, it would constantly need maintenance. Yeah. Now is it weird enough, like, is it different enough from dwarves to say, oh, what if instead of working with stone, they worked with uh, X or Y? Like, what if the dwarves made things out of peanut butter? Actually, that rules. <laughs> but, like... It, 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 it ain't bad. I think um, uh, if I were to dis- describe it by states of matter, dwarves need a solid to get stuff done. There's a lot of wet biomes out there. Swamps, lakes... And I, I'm not sure, I, I find it very hard to pin a dwarf on that kind of environment. What if we did that? What if, like, <laughs> we took, like, they have, like, sea elves? What would an aquatic, like, a marine, like, dwarf look like? Hmm. Well, I, I think my first move would not go salt water with them. No, my I was thinking, like, ocean dwarves. Like, what does a dwarf colony under the ocean look like? Uh, coral reefs, I think, is what <sighs> they'd be working with. so instead of like and that's a like a living you know it's a living stone in a sense no 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 i mean go go ahead with this thought but i have another thought okay uh yes no just uh it's imagine a dwarven culture but instead of it being gray and brown it's just has all the colors of coral and it works with nature instead of uh, against it their craft is something that's living and breathing i think that matches a dwarf's energy what's your thought I think that's very sea elf. I think it's more elven to like, you know, like in inheritance cycle, like sing the trees into shape. That, that's fair. But you know what I think where dwarves would be? Like hydrothermal vents. Hmm. 
like a forge. Or, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like those like deep, deep, deep dark sea things that are full of like weird crabs and tube worms and stuff. And it's just like a little forge under there and a little smokestack. And there's mm-hmm. just like some fucking guys there. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, they, I, I think uh, they'd be limited in what kind of uh, weapons and armor and stuff that they make. Making shit Since... from crabs. Yo. <laughs> yeah, they'd be, it'd be crab craft. <laughs> Crabcraft. And, like, you know, in D&D, I'm sure there's, like, giant sea monsters down there. Like, they're making parts from sea... Whale fall. Whale fall? When a whale dies, it's very sad. When a whale dies, (laughs) uh, it, like, falls down through the the ocean. First as marine snow, and then, like, as a whole carcass. And, like, I've seen, like, uh, Nautilus uh, EV missions where they take just, like, an ROV and just, like, swim around in the deep ocean and uh, look for cool shit. And, like, a dead whale carcass can feed, like, a colony of deep-sea organisms that are used to, like, no food at all. And then in the past, like, 50 million years or so, there's just been these whales dropping down. So they can just, like, swarm all over that shit. What if the dwarves are just, like, following the whales down? Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> they're they're kind of full scavengers when it comes to that. Like, they started as, like, whalers, and then they decided, like, you know what? There's cool shit under the vents. There's cool shit down below in the vents. Let's just start, oh. like, working down there. Or if they if they didn't have a resource to get a good forge going up, up top. Because, you know, fire is, like, very, I guess, important to a dwarf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so, like, the, they, you know, kind of gravitated, followed the whales down to the hottest parts. And, yeah, they, then they were amphibious, then they were fully aquatic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can I do a quick uh, number for our um, for our fallen whales? Sure. <laughs> Adam, don't you have a good joke about whales? I I, I do. Go go ahead and uh, let's make this an Irish wake in this funeral for a whale friend. Okay, um, let's see. Uh, so so there was a there's two two whales in at a bar, and uh, one whale says the other one. <laughs> and the other whale says, "Dude, you're so drunk." <laughs> It's very good. It's a very good joke. It's a, it's a pretty great joke. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, uh, so we got whale dwarves mm-hmm. slash vent dwarves, and we got uh, we got tundra dwarves. What are what other kind of dwarves can we make? Honestly, this is just like short people that are kind of hairy that got beards and they work with shit. Uh, the other idea I had in mind was a another type of um another type of mountain, something that's not traditional stone. Uh, a mesa biome. Ooh, okay. Uh, yeah, think of the plateaus and kind of the western, like, deserts and stuff like that. Uh, you know, it's mining it above the surface. And it's, uh, again, you're working with a lot more, a lot nicer color palettes. Instead of, instead of grays, it's, like, reds and browns and tans. Hmm. And I, I can see a real, like, kind of cowboy dwarf coming from that era. I said, cow dwarf, take me away. Let this go as high as it can into the wild dark. Yeah, so it's all that. It, it, it's it's literally, it's a craggy land that's like uninhabitable for, for most races. However, uh, it's rocks on earth. That's a dwarf's palette. Yeah, you're talking like Monument Valley, Utah, like kind of stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm talking. Honestly, that whips. That's such a cool place where dwarves would be. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of uh, any other creatures that they might encounter out there. <laughs> or just, it's just, um, but nothing's coming to mind, sorry. Well, I went to, uh, I went to uh, Yellowstone. Oh, perfect, yeah. Uh, uh, and I can tell you some kind of creatures that would be out there in that sort of ecosystem. There was pronghorn antelope. Mm-hmm. A lot of bison. Bison are big there. Oh, absolutely. And like... Using every part of the buffalo the way they uh, the way that it, uh, buffalo are traditionally used that's very dwarfy. Name a better uh, a better fantasy race to ride on a buffalo than an, a dwarf. Aracocra, and they call themselves the Buffalo Wildlings. 
Um, well, well done. Thank you. No, no, no cuts. We're, we're release that in real time. Okay. Because I want people to appreciate how fast that came. Okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, mythologically, um, I'm thinking about like wide open spaces and mythology. Thunderbirds. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Dwarves don't normally need to deal with threats from above. They're a chihuahua without a leash in the middle of Los Angeles. Like they got to deal with coyotes and thunderbirds coming at them. Uh, right. And I, I just think that the kind of gruff and tumble uh, uh, cowboy lifestyle is very dwarven in a sense. Uh, the only thing that they can do is like they, in a ghost town type setting, they never, the buildings were never allowed to get very large because it's kind of, you know, they're made in, a, in an afternoon and then they're gone a couple weeks later. Hmm. But uh, with dwarves as a permanent residence, you would see some really crazy structures. Yeah, because like there's no such thing as a gold rush with the dwarves. Like there's just like, there's gold. We found it. We're digging it up right now. We are going to get all of it out. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like, oh, we ran out of gold. No, we didn't. We haven't dug, dug deep enough. But the dwarves dug too greedily and too deep, and they found the cowboy devil. Adam, we can't. I can't do an impression of the cowboy devil. I, these are these are two things I'm far too attracted to. I can't possibly. What? Don't try. It. Please, please don't. Please don't. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, uh, so saddle up. Oh fuck! Oh god. <laughs> I'm out. A, a lot of the other uh, biomes have a, a lot of history to them. Forests are for the elves. They, they, you can't really make that work. And uh, you know the the tropics. It's hard to really. You can't really dig with sand around. Uh, you know what? Uh, you know what makes me think about dwarves. Now that I have uh, more hearty ale. What's that? Polynesians. Yeah, Moana types. Yeah, they sail the wind in the and the sky when the sun is high. Like, like Polynesians, like sailing and using the stars as a map to sail across the place. Like that kind of industry and science and like making star maps from just like sticks and string, essentially, like making a complex like navigational system from that. That seems very dwarfy to me. It's very precise. It's a precise work and craft. And it's like, if, if you were to drop off a dwarf on a, on a desert island, I think he'd fare pretty well. Yeah. Which... Like, he, he would have evaluated his resources and, like, really just kind of break it and, like, you know, be running the place and have a nice little cabin by the time you picked him up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it would be, if dwarves were Gilligan's Island, everyone would be the professor, you know? Yeah. Yeah, right. Have you heard about the phenomenon of insular dwarfism? Uh, it's, um, it's, it, is it, I think we covered that in a Rebel Stolzian episode, right? Uh, I don't I, know about... He hates women. Uh, that's incellular dwarfism. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, what's insular dwarfism? Insular dwarfism is related to insular gigantism, also called Foster's Rule. And essentially, if a species lands on an island and there is not enough resources for it to uh, exploit, the species will tend to be smaller. Oh, okay. And if it lands on an island and there's lots of resources to exploit and no predators, it'll get bigger, like a Galapagos turtle. Uh, right, and that's a, that, that'd be a fun um, history to dwarves, don't you think? <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's why they're, they love resources nowadays. <laughs> Yeah, because in their in their history they didn't have a lot of them. Hmm. Or maybe like well underground, like you got to figure like how hard it is to find food underground. But oh. maybe like there was a multi like cultural like Noah's Ark kind of situation. They washed up on an island, and like the only ones that are still alive from this culture are the dwarves because they needed to eat less than the bigger, uh, faster races. Hmm. The, the smaller races, the smaller members survived. Yeah, it was like men, elves, and dwarves on the boat in like a military expedition or something, and only the dwarves survived, and they kind of developed into this whole islander culture, and they developed this tradition of navigation and like sailing across the islands and the sea, and like they drink like fermented coconut milk instead of like hearty ale. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really fun. I I think um. They're definitely would pick up like the kind of uh, tribal tattoos, mm. <laughs> like like that definite look matches them to a T. Yes, 
Oh, imagine like a dwarven tattoo or like a scarification ritual that's just like you cut like a slot into like your arm and just like inlay some like Ooh, shiny like gem thing in there and let it heal around that. Hell yeah. Or like whatever inks you use have like actual gems in them. Yeah. Yeah. All, all the not to mention all the the, the head dresses. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's very it's an accessory kind of heavy look. Imagine like you know, dwarves can build, like, a giant crazy temple in a day. Imagine, like, landing on an island that's been deserted for, like, a hundred years, but there's, like, still a huge, massive temple there. And that's pretty cool. And I, you know, you'd get that real Olmec look. Yeah. Of, like, uh, that's a that's a perfect dungeon there, made by a dwarf yeah. from an ancient culture. And, like, it's abandoned because the dwarves are just, like, this is, like... If you a human washes up on a desert island, they'll, like, make something out of, like, sticks and leaves, you know, to, like, just, like, mm-hmm. keep them dry, basically. If a dwarf lands on a desert island and it's, like, a couple of dwarves, they will build, like, an entire temple to some deity with, like, beautiful statuary work. And then just be like, well, the rescue came, so let's just leave this shit here, I guess. Well, yeah, I could totally see that as, um... If you go, like, through a couple generations, and, you know, dwarves stick around, so a single vision can last a while. Uh, but they've they've filled the whole campus of this island. So they're like, okay, instead of building this now, let's focus on getting off the island. And they'll build ships with the rest of the things and start go over to a new island. Yeah. Just populating a whole archipelago. What else? All right. What other kinds of dwarves are there? I, I mean, uh, we're, pretty, we're pretty deep into the episode. I, I think that's a healthy number of... Of biomes, unless you want to try to get one or one more. Uh, what's one more we can do uh, to wrap it up? All right, let's see. So they've got you got a wide open meadows and grasslands, savannas. Uh, you've got kind of swamps and and murky like rainforest areas. It, uh, tough tough cells, both of them. Hmm. Well, like areas with I think we've pretty much been circling around areas with low vegetation. Yeah, they're definitely a survivor species. So unless you go like full kind of on a glacier, since like beyond the tundra. We already have mountain and hill dwarves. We have underground dwarves in the Dwergar. We have tundra dwarves now. We have like deep sea dwarves. We have like islander dwarves that are like tropical islands. We have uh, we have desert dwarves that are like cowboy dwarves. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you know what? That's seven. Uh, one for every clan of the dwarves. One for every clan of the dwarves in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, the spunky clan, the lacy clan, <laughs> scary clan, baby clan, <laughs> posh clan, <laughs> ginger clan. <laughs> that might actually be one. And sporty clan. Mm. So, so yeah, there you go. You have the uh, the the full up and what a what an easy thing exercise. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, just place your dwarf on a different part of the world and have them adopt things from that culture. It's instead of just defaulting to kind of Scottish Nordic. The dwarves, instead of being like, you know, they mine and are fond of ale and hewing necks, they're just industrious. You can drop them anywhere and they will carve out a life for themselves. Yes, they are uh, kind of passionate and they're obsessive. Like those those traits you can apply to different like all different kinds of areas. Yeah. So, uh, that, have fun with the dwarves in your life. Have, have fun with the if, if if hey, if anyone knows like uh, folks of short stature as they were, and they're offended by use of the word dwarves. Well, I mean, dwarfs is the with an F is the plural for actual people with dwarfism. Dwarves mm-hmm. is purely fantasy stuff. Yes, we've we've been speaking in fantasy terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I think, I think uh, Peter Dinklage said something to the effect of why are dwarves in fantasy always like beards and uh, ale and mining? Like, why aren't more right. dwarves just regular people with dwarfism and like? They're different things, but... Yeah, uh, that, that'd be a very interesting fantasy story element. Of someone is born of short stature. Well, that's just Tyrion. So to, to humans, and they're just like, oh yeah, you gotta go live with the dwarves. Ooh. Hmm. Yeah, actually, uh, 
T- Terry Pratchett's uh, story, Guards, Guards, has the reverse as the premise. Mm. Uh, a dwarf, like, kind of, you know, community finds a baby. And it, it's kind of like Elf. <laughs> the baby's raised among them. But it turns out this is a very much a human. Mm. <laughs> and he has to go to live in the big city. It's just a human with dwarfism. Uh, no, it's a full-sized human. Oh, wow. Yep. I mean, so it gets very a setting where like regular human dwarfism coexists with like take it out of the D and D, like take it out of the like high high fantasy and take it into like a bit of a more realistic thing. A setting where humans with dwarfism coexist with dwarves, the race, and like how those two things interact. I don't think one of them is like a a stereotype of the other, right? No, I, I would be very interested to see what kind of community is formed between them. I want to know more about what uh, real folks with dwarfism have to have to say about fantasy dwarves. Do they like them? Do they hate them? Is there like kind of oh. an Apu thing going on where they're like, I, I, people have been making fucking dwarf jokes at me my whole life. I am so fucking sick of it. I can imagine that's yeah. the case. Well, we uh, we would love to hear from anyone with that perspective. Yeah. So if, if you're, if you're out of, there. If you're one of our 20 regular listeners. <laughs> <laughs> or you or one of your friends is of short stature. Yeah. Uh, please uh, like uh, reach out to us on uh, at MonsterRightPod or FindingMonsterRight at gmail.com. Yeah. Have you checked the email oh. lately? I did. Oh, did we get anything? N- nothing fresh. Nothing old either? <laughs> Let's go to the final rating place. Sounds good. Where we uh, where we put the the fan, the dwarves to rest. Mm. So, what do you think of dwarves as a monster? Usually, sometimes our show is a program to explore other kind of fantastical uh, creatures and stuff like that that don't quite fall into that category. Well, I think this whole episode was an exercise in. Uh, making the in increasing the dwarves' final score in uh, in the final rating place, and I think we've I think we've landed on it. Yeah, I, I think I would take the dwarves from something like a like like a three or a four, with the, including the dwergar uh-huh. to a seven myself. I'll take them to an eight. Okay, great. I think that's pretty fair, honestly, for what we've done. I think we've. We've continued our our Tolkien tradition of just like taking some high fantasy thing and just kind of making it a little better. Eventually, we're going to have enough. Uh, we're going to have enough Middle Earth races uh, that we can just like uh, do like a big Middle Earth special. Thank you for joining us for another wonderful episode of Finding Monster Rights. Uh, please uh, be careful with your mining activities. Uh, light number of torches unless you have advanced dark vision. Off to work, high, high, ho, for a living Digging up the gems and we're hewing on the darkness Yet it's no white and seven favorite small men Off to work, high, high, ho